please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. military 
so that capitalism, free enterprise, and government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish. Thank you that we have entrepreneurs in the White House and in the Illinois Governor's Mansion. Thank you that President Donald J. Trump acknowledges that we are all thy children. Thank you for Abraham Lincoln, the first Republican President of the United States, who saved the Union, freed the slaves, and sealed his mission with his blood. Greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Thank you for the state of Illinois, for the rest that my wife's family found over 175 years ago in the city beautiful on the banks of the Mississippi River. Now, we as a nation have apostatized in various degrees from constitutional principles as proclaimed by its inspired founders. We fear the impending moment prophesied by Joseph Smith, who sealed his testimony with his blood. Said Joseph, even this nation on the very verge of crumbling to pieces and tumbling to the ground. And when the Constitution is upon the brink of ruin, this people will be the staff upon which the nation shall be, and they shall bear the Constitution away from the very verge of destruction. Please bless President Trump, Governor Bruce Rauner, <coughs> Senator Ron Johnson, and all of us with the whisperings of a still small voice of the Holy Spirit to help save the nation we thank you for the food we will eat tonight, and for all we have in our. Please bless this food that it will nourish and strengthen our souls. Finally, we thank you for Jesus Christ, thy only begotten Son of the flesh, even Jehovah, the God of this land, who wrought through his suffering in Gethsemane and on Calvary, and his resurrection, the great and everlasting atonement for our sins and promise of our resurrection manifesting his pure love of thee to us. Thank thee for the Easter Sunday we just commemorated in remembrance of our Savior. As he died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. Help us keep the flag of the United States flying over this sacred land until his second coming. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
our governor, Bruce Romney. Clinton won Illinois by 17 votes. That's a tragedy. 
Let me tell you the good news. Despite that, we in Illinois picked up six seats in the House of Representatives and the Senate in the General Assembly for Republicans last November. dedicated, 100% committed, I'm all in. Next November, in November of 18, know what we're going to do. We're going to pick up nine seats in the House of Representatives, and Mike Madigan will no longer be Speaker of the House of
it's a battle, it's a battle, but we're making changes. The press doesn't talk about it, we made big changes. You know what, I'm proud of stuff, we blocked Madigan's $7 billion out-of-balance budget. He wanted way more spending than that. We blocked his out-of-balance budget. We blocked billions of dollars the Democrats wanted to spend beyond what we're spending right now. And we blocked the Democrats' massive income tax hike. Right there, saving you billions of dollars right from blocking on Madigan's bad behavior. That's a big deal. That's a real big deal. Transforming the government so it works for you again, instead of working for the career politicians and the, and the special interest groups that make money off the U.S. taxpayers. We've already cut over half a billion dollars out of operating costs of state government just from good management. We've already cut $220 million out of Medicaid fraud and Medicaid abuse inside our state government. We're going to cut hundreds of millions of dollars more out of waste and abuse in our Medicaid system. And we're transforming our government operations through our computer systems. I brought in a star from Cisco Systems, and we're completely modernizing the computers in the state of Illinois government. I don't think many of you would be shocked to learn. We are in the stone age when it comes to, te to technology and technology. You probably won't be stunned by that. But you know what? A lot of the departments in state government, they don't even have computers. And in the, in the departments that do have computers, we're running software from 1974. I mean, 1974 is a great year, that's the year I got out of high school, but you know, that's, that's a long time ago and things have changed a lot since then. I walked into one department, my first, uh, my first uh, two weeks in office, there were 200 people in a room just like this, sitting at their desks with paper and pen, processing paper applications. There wasn't a computer in the room. I said, whoa, this doesn't look good. I think they invented computers a couple years ago. We might actually be able to update and make this, this process a little faster. And they said, well, you can't bring computers in here. It would violate the work rules. You'd have to get the union permission. I said, no, no, no. No, 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 no. So I'm going to digitize this department. Tell me the math. What's the numbers? They said, well, sheepishly, they told me. I said, well, it would just, we'd have to spend half a million dollars. I said, yeah, OK, I might buy that. Maybe we could do better than that. They said, we'd save $7 million per year. Spend half a million, save seven million per year. And this is the kind of thing we can do with every department changing the process. And I'm very excited. We put in brand new union contracts with 20, 20 of the government unions. You know, we're the most unionized state government in America. And we have the highest paid state employees in America. And the unbelievable workforce. I can't turn on the light switch without getting six permissions. It's unbelievable shit. So when I went to the unions, I said, it's got to be a new day, ladies and gentlemen. we got to have a more fair deal for taxpayers. We need a fair deal for taxpayers. And they were a little bit stunned. They were a little stunned because they said, most, most governors are going to work with us and give us what we want. I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm not a politician. And you know what? I work for the taxpayers. And let me tell you something. I'm the first governor in Illinois history from either party who's never taken a nickel from your union. So don't think that you're going to you know, influence me or bribe me, because you know what? I work for the taxpayers of Illinois, and we're going to have a new deal here, this union contract. So, so they said, no governor, no governor, we want three billion more in pay over the next four years. And I said, no, no, we're not doing that. They said, yes, we are. And I said, no, we're not. And, and I said, you know what? We need a fundamentally different deal. I'll pay you more, but I'll pay you as a percentage of taxpayer savings. You save a taxpayer a dollar in your department, I'll give you 10 cents of that dollar. 90 cents savings for taxpayers, 10 cents for you. It's a fair deal. Let's do that. A lot of the employees said, yeah, I'll do that. The union bosses said, no way. We'll never agree to that. I said, okay, well, we're going to do it. We got 20 of the unions agree, but the big one asked me, said, no, we'll never agree. And I said, well, you got to agree. I mean, this is what we're going to do. They said, we'll strike. I said, well, gosh, I hope you don't. That wouldn't be good. But you know what? If you do, we might miss you, but we're probably not going to miss you. We're going to keep the government running. And they went, oh, no governor's ever said that to us. And I said, well, I'm not a politician. No, I'm a business guy. I know how to do this. And so they ran the map. They said, this is outrageous. We've got to get you out of here. So they went to Madigan, and they said, Madigan, pass a law so we can bring in a union-friendly arbitrator to give us what we want in these contract negotiations and kick the governor out. They passed a law to take away my authority to negotiate the union contract. My most fundamental executive authority. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's unbelievable. Now, they weren't stunned when I vetoed that bill. <laughs> and I got one Democrat, one Democrat to come off the veto override so my veto stood. That saved you guys $800 million every year. Here's the new deal. 
completely new, more flexible work rules, ability to work with outside firms to provide services. Um, you know what? Uh, flat, no salary increases for four years, but bonuses based upon taxpayer savings. Different healthcare plan. It's no more platinum coverage for bronze rates. It's going to be just like taxpayers have a regular health insurance plan like regular people have. And a different pension system with a defined contribution plan element, so it's more of a 401k style in the future, so we can save billions of dollars. And I said, here's a really novel concept. I said, going forward, it's not, you know what, we're not going to have a 37 and a half hour work week anymore. We're actually going to have a 40 hour work week before overtime starts. There was a novel idea that got involved. And I said, and let's let volunteers come in and work in the state um, national uh, state parks, our state parks downstate, or to volunteer in our healthcare facilities. These are reasonable things. They said no. I said yes. We should be implementing the contract. But they went to our judges. They went into court. And don't get me started about our elected judges at the state level of the state of Illinois. Don't get me started about that. But you know what? And we're in court right now. They're holding up us implementing the contract. Now we're going to win this case. We're going to win the case. But in the meantime, let me tell you, every day that we can't implement our new contract with the biggest union is costing you two and a half million dollars every day. Think about that. That's money that could go into our schools with our teachers. That's money that could go into our human services. That's money that could stay in your pocket to grow the economy. We're going to prevail. We're going to prevail big in the court. We're going to win, and we're going to our contract. It's going to be a new day in Illinois, transforming. So, let me tell you, I'm going to mention two other things. Really big deal. We are in federal court on two critical lawsuits as well. I said my first day in office, or my first, excuse me, my first month in office. If you work in our administration and you don't want to be in a union, and you don't, you don't have to. Be. You want to be join a union if you want, but if you don't want to, don't. I said, that you don't, and if you don't want to be in the union, you don't pay the dues. A lot of the, a lot of the employees in the state government said, yeah, that's awesome, I'm for that. And then we got sued. We're working up in the federal court, and that's going to get to the Supreme Court. That's going to get to the U.S. Supreme Court this fall. And you watch, we're going to win this case, and there's not going to be forced unionism in state government, local government, school I said, why, why, why should we have mandates on our labor regulations in Springfield? Each community should decide. Palatine should decide. Lake County, Cook County should decide. Iroquois County should decide its own labor regulations. It should be dictated by Springfield. You should decide. It's your community. And I said, everybody, you should pass a resolution where you control your own regulations. You, you decide whether you want forced unionism or not. In your economy, when you're trying to recruit manufacturing firms to, to your city, to your county, we got Rockford to pass it. We got Elk Grove, Lincolnshire, Iroquois County, 36 counties and cities around the state of Illinois. We all got sued. A lot of them went, oh no, oh no, lawsuits. We're scared. We're not going to do this anymore. But we got several of them are still in court. One, Lincolnshire is in federal court right now. And that's working its way up in the federal court. In the meantime, Hardin County, Kentucky had the same thing. Their county passed it in Kentucky. And they won their case in appellate court in federal government. Now that was not being appealed anymore because they've gone, they've gone completely free market, free enterprise in Kentucky because they got all the Republican legislature, Republican government. But now we have competing rulings in appellate court, federal court, one in Illinois versus Kentucky. That means the U.S. Supreme Court is going to want to hear this case. And I can't promise you we're going to win the case like I could inside the government case, but it's two to one in our favor. And if we win that case, we are going to be a free market, free enterprise state with true open competition in our manufacturing sector and transportation sector is going to boom. That will recruit hundreds of companies in the state of Illinois. So these are exciting times, but you know we got a, we still got a, a majority against us at least for another 18 months. In the meantime, you know they're blocking the blocking progress, but we will never, never give up. And I will always fight for four things. More jobs, lower taxes, better schools, and term limits on politicians. I've been saying it for four years. I will never change all that. That's the priority. My whole focus, more jobs, lower taxes, better schools, and term limits on politicians. And let me say, we've got to hold bad against Democrats accountable for not doing these things. Democrats who live in Illinois want these issues just as much as we do. 
Madigan and his cronies don't want it, so we got to hold the House Democrats responsible for electing him speaker year after year after year after year. Hold them accountable for putting him in office and blocking the progress for the people of Illinois. We're going to hold, we're going to hang this on. Because here's the basic fact, and we got to get this word out in every neighborhood and every community, Democrat and Republican. Here's the tragedy of Madigan's Democrats controlling our state government. We are not growing the economy. We are not creating jobs. And that's because the regulation burden and the tax burden that these Democrats have put on our businesses are pushing them out of state. We have not created that many jobs in Illinois for 17 years. We still got the same number of jobs in Illinois we had in the year 2000. Think about it. That's outrageous with our workforce, with our people, with our location, our infrastructure. Flatline because of that against Democrats and the regulations and the taxes. And while we're flat on jobs, anybody got a guess what's been going on in government spending in Springfield? Let me tell you, it ain't been flat. Let me tell you, it ain't been flat. Our government spending has gone up 66% since the year 2000, the government spending. While our jobs are flat. Unsustainable, ladies and gentlemen. A broken system, and anybody who thinks we should just raise taxes to fix that problem, they're hallucinating. They are fundamentally wrong. We cannot tax our way out of this problem. We gotta grow our way out of this problem by enhancing the economic competitiveness and get a booming economy and bring down the base of government spending growth. And the only way to have balanced budgets for the long term is have our economy growing faster than our government spending. It's simple math, this is not complicated. And we are gonna drive that result. We're gonna change the system. We're gonna pick up nine seats in November of 2018. We're going to reduce the regulatory burden, shrink the wasteful spending in our bureaucracy, put the money in our schools with our teachers, and change our education system so in our high schools we bring back technical training, vocational training, career training in our high schools so our young people are trained for the jobs that are available. And we bring back apprentice programs and intern programs for our high school kids so they get real-world work experience so they're ready to get out and kick tails and make a good career and a good income when they get out of high school. And we're, we're changing our education funding. We're dead last in, in the state of Illinois for funding K-12 schools as a percentage from the state. Our state government is terrible. And the Democrats, before I got in office, the Democrats in the prior 10 years to my coming in cut state support for schools four times. So we're dead last. And I, I, my first job was with the tax money. I said, we're going to cut wasteful spending, but we're going to increase education spending. So we really do our fair share so our property taxes can come down and the state support will go up. Your property tax bill will get reduced and we increase state support for schools. We got $750 million more my first year in office for K-12 schools. We're going to fight for more for K-12 schools every year to bring down your property taxes and get a more fair and balanced way to fund our schools. And we're going to get this done. Very proud. So, It's a brutal battle, but we've got to win. Never give up, never give in, never back down. Out there, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors. Democrats, Republicans, you know what? This is really, this fight is really not about Democrats versus Republicans. It's our values that need to prevail. But everything, everything we're fighting for, term limits, fair maps, property tax freeze, education funding, pension reform, are supported by Democrats. Democrats, even, even Attorney General Lisa Madigan, who's not a Republican, last time I looked. She, even she has said our workers' comp regulations are broken in Illinois, and they're driving manufacturers out and we causation of workers' comp system. And she is correct. We have bipartisan agreement, but it's Madigan and his cronies who are blocking progress. And that's why together we've got to spread that word, get the word out, hold those House Democrats accountable for electing him year after year after year. And when we do that, we are going to win. And it's going to be a new day in the state of Illinois. We're going to make Illinois proud and prosperous again. A wonderful place for our children and our grandchildren. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless our great state of Illinois. God bless the United States of America. Thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate it. God bless you.
keep the program going. And to introduce our keynote speaker, I'm pleased to introduce Salmon Council Republican Committeeman Brian Hayes. Six years, I am more than 
Now, I want to give you some hope. The governor's talking about how much he gets, how much he hears from citizens on the street, you know, giving him encouragement, you know, keep, keep working, keep working hard. My guess is the number one thing that he hears from people on the street, because it's the number one thing I hear by a long shot, is you're in our prayers. We're praying for them. At the moment in time of such divisive politics in this country, at a moment of peril for our country, where so much that we see culturally is so disturbing, the fact that so many people come up to your elected officials and express their prayers has got to be exposed. Now, oftentimes when I'm introduced, like your governor, I work hard all my life. And I'm often introduced that way. My response always, though, is not because I show the initiative. I work hard all my life because my parents made me. <laughs> I succeed in life largely because I had the gift. I was blessed with two loving parents of deep faith. Can you imagine if every child in America could make that statement? condition our country would be in today. It's just the truth. So what we need to do is we're looking at government policy. Take a look at that root cause, the breakdown of the American family, the fact that children can't make that statement. The foundational building block of America has been so broken and torn asunder. We have to recognize that fact has to be addressed. Now, something else that gives me hope, I'm a business guy. I'm into mission statements, I'm into vision statements, I'm into strategies, and strategic planning process. I actually mentioned this to Judge Gorsuch. By the way, being a business guy, you always have to celebrate success. I don't care what mess you find our country today, you know, the stumbles, the disappointments, as we try and govern this mess. But let's never forget what we did in 2016 by electing Donald Trump and making sure we have Without life, without liberty. 
You know, I ask a lot of questions when I give speeches in Wisconsin. One of them I asked when I with high schools was I just, you know, show of hands, high school students. Anybody here in this room have your aspiration of living in your basement being dependent on your parents? <laughs> I always cross my fingers hoping that nobody raised their hands and so far nobody has. There's no way you pursue happiness when you're dependent on a parent or a gun. No way. And yet so much of our government policy is directed exactly at making more and more people dependent on government so that politicians can keep getting elected by promising them benefits. It's just a fact. It's one of the closest parts of our politics today. You need to recognize that fact. Now another question, now I'm going to start getting into what it is we need to do turn things around, to start winning the political arguments. Another question I ask folks in Wisconsin, now I've asked this to literally tens of thousands of Wisconsinites. Show of hands. Do it right now. Show of hands. How many people in this room think the federal government is efficient and effective? <laughs> okay, good. I, again, I was kind of cringe. I didn't think I was going to see any hands. Tens of thousands of people, bipartisan audience, some quite hostile. I've had a few dozen people raise their hand. The reaction always is exactly what you just heard. Snickers. Outright laughter and fog. Well, there's an aha, aha moment. As we start talking to people, we need to impress upon them. Okay, you're right. The federal government is inefficient. It's ineffective. It's broken. It's dysfunctional. It is taking away your liberty. Let's stop growing it. Stop sending people to Washington, D.C. who are dedicated to growing that government that broken, dysfunctional place, right? Doesn't that make sense? Start using that in your political discourse. Another suggestion, as you start supporting your government, you keep doing all the things you need to do in terms of election mechanics and grassroots effort. As you start talking to your friends, your family, your neighbors, as your government's talking about you. Don't start the conversation arguing. I come from the business world. I did a lot of negotiation. I never sat down at the business at the negotiating table and started arguing. I always laid out all the areas of agreement. It developed a relationship, a level of trust. So when you finally gave those areas of disagreement, it's so much easier finding common ground. So again, as Americans, let's start our political conversations on an area of agreement. A goal we all party that has monopoly and compassion. We all want all of our fellow citizens to succeed, to have the opportunity to build a good life for themselves and family. Now, I've been saying this for six years. I've had unbelievably hostile groups come into my Senate office looking pretty snarly. I defuse the situation immediately by laying out that shared goal and purpose. And the conversation progresses in a far more amiable and far more productive way. In terms of electric mechanics, do not give up on the state. What's happened in Wisconsin, back when we really turned a pretty blue state, pretty darn red, capped by the fact that we, for the first time since 1984, turned our 10 electoral votes over to Donald Trump. And we say credit for, for that election victory. But I know who produced that election victory, the good folks in Wisconsin. The reason you've grown your representative of Republicans and you say legislators is because of you folks. It's that grassroots effort developed and built over years and years and years. You know, we got something in Wisconsin called the Wild Counties. Waukesha, Ozaki, and, and Washington. They didn't just happen. They were built by elected officials and county chairs, relentlessly built year after year after year. And then that just takes off. 
and that example, that best practice of how those counties are run and operate, never shutting down. But not, not doing the election and then going home for, you for a year and then having to reconstitute. It's always building the party. That got translated to all 72 counties. And we ended up with that success. So that's the election mechanics. But the way you win elections is you win the hearts and minds of the people that you're trying to convince. And you do that by showing your true heart. We had a Republican retreat right after we started Congress here in Philadelphia, the House and Senate trying to get our act together. And our luncheon speaker is Arthur Brooks, he's head of the American Enterprise Institute. He used to be a professional French porn player, studied economics, now he's basically a philosopher. His entire luncheon speech was talking about our divisive politics, our divisive country. Basically making the point, you know, how, how do you deal with People, let's face it, people on both sides of the political spectrum view the other side in contempt, with contempt. So, you know, how, how do you respond to somebody who views you and holds you in contempt? And this suggestion I thought was pretty powerful. He said, You respond with the wrong part. I, I don't. I don't really like talking about myself or my election too much, but the minute he said that, I thought back to the campaign we just run and what I think actually did win us that race, in addition to 18, 19 hour days. So we ran ads just talking about how a group of us helped reconnect an adoptive family with their adopted little daughter in the Congo. We ran an ad about something we call the Joseph Project, where our staff goes in for a week of four days of training, three hours a day. We teach soft skills, interview skills to hardcore unemployed, formerly incarcerated, former gang members, alcohol, drug abusers, people just down the luck, hardcore unemployed. The fifth day of the get job interviews, they're getting jobs are being retained at a higher rate than 70%. We show in Wisconsin, this is true conservatism. This is what compassion looks like implemented at the local level. Then my final ad, I wrote in two minutes. And I'm just going to paraphrase it to you. You know what gives me hope? Your prayers and your kindness, your hard work and your courage. This is a great country full of wonderful people. We are facing enormous challenges. But here's the good news. We really do share the same goal. We all want that safe, prosperous, secure Wisconsin, Illinois, and America. And we are concerned about each other. It's not a bad place to start. That's how you win the hearts and minds of the people you are asking to represent. That's how we win the political argument. That's how we save this nation. So my primary message to you is do not give up. Demonstrate to your fellow citizens your warm heart, your true compassion. Yes, be involved in party, in party politics. Be involved in your churches. Be involved in your boys and girls clubs, your YMCA's, the other civic organizations, the Rotaries, the Chambers. Be engaged in your community. And then as you're talking to your fellow citizens, your friends, your families, and neighbors, it just might kind of get off. That a person with such a warm heart, demonstrating such compassion, such concern for his fellow citizens, is a Who would have ever thought? We do face enormous challenges. We face enormous threats. But again, this is one great country with one wonderful vision statement. We stick to that, we cling to that, we use that as our guiding principle. There is nothing this nation cannot achieve. So again, God bless all of you, support your governor, your governor. God bless Illinois, Wisconsin, and America.
So uh, we're going to have dinner now, and then the program's going to continue right after dinner. So we'll